I do have to find about growing up, you know what I'm saying? Like, feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was, when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, respond. Are you kidding me? Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for, um, everybody black. I'm betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkAndSpill.com. And on this episode, we're doing a hashtag this spill. So you guys know the spill is like a mini masterclass where I bring on an expert to talk to you guys, teach you guys, and to pour into everybody listening on a specific topic that I think you'll find helpful, useful, or informative. Now, today's topic is all about budgeting, specifically budgeting for the holidays and just personal finance um, type things. So I've brought on somebody who I met actually on Instagram. So we actually did meet in person and we'll talk about that, but I met her on Instagram and um, actually I think we met on Instagram. I'm pretty sure we met on Instagram. We'll confirm in a minute, but um, we've just been really cool. And I, we got to hang out in Atlanta this past summer over in, um, in Atlanta downtown at the Summit 21 event. And I definitely knew at that point that I had to have Jackie on the show. Um, so Jackie Jones is, she's from, or she's based right now out of Columbia, South Carolina. So she's an East Coast gal from down South, super, super, super friendly. And I love her social media. So her social media platform is all about, it's actually her, her Instagram handle is at sugar and money. And sugarandmoney.com is her blog. So she talks all about finance. She's paid off like $60,000, $65,000 in debt um, or in money. She's paid back and she's working on another $35,000 that she's looking to pay down. So she's got all these resources, all this information and background on budgeting, finance, debt management, debt control, et cetera. And I wanted to have her on specifically, you know, talk about the holidays coming, but really budgeting around any sort of major event. So it could be the holidays. It could be your birthday, your big birthday, your milestone birthday, your spouses, your mom's milestone birthday. It could be anything. could be you're planning to have a baby. You want to buy a house. Whatever it is that you're looking to budget and finance for, she can help you do that. So she's going to be giving you some resources here. She's got resources coming. So you definitely want to get on her email list at some point. But without any further ado, let's get it started. Hey, Jackie. Hello. How you doing? It's hot, but everything's good. <laughs> it is hot. Yes. So I. So wait, did we meet? We met on Instagram, right? We did meet on Instagram. I think it was around coming up to Summit 21. And maybe I posted about who's going to Summit 21. And I think maybe you responded, but I know it was all before Summit 21 came about. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was for sure. Yeah. I'm glad that we connected that way. I knew it was something, you know, we're just kind of plugged into the right groups, I guess. And we found each other that way. And then we were able to link up because I remember hitting you up or you hit me up like, oh, you're going to be at Summit 21. And I was like, yeah. And then you were like, oh, me too. And then we went there and we linked up. We actually messaged each other and met up in person. So um, that was back in June. And okay. So we met in, in there, but you went back home to South Carolina. And that's where you're from originally? Yes, I'm from South Carolina. So I've moved around a little bit in the past, what, five years? I have always been from South Carolina. And then I moved to Richmond, Virginia for a couple of years. And then I moved to Little Rock, Arkansas. And then three years ago, I moved back to South Carolina. Gotcha. Okay, so that makes sense. Cool. So you've been here and there. So you have that Richmond. I didn't know you were from, or you had lived out in Richmond before. That's pretty cool. I'm like two hours from there. 
I did. It's a really cool city. I would definitely move back to Richmond if I could. Nice. Okay. So, okay. So let's get started on how you sort of got into this. I mean, obviously you had the debt that you wanted to get rid of. You wanted to pay this and get it done so you can move on, whatever. But how did that kind of start? And when did you start documenting this journey? Well, I have been, I had been previously in credit card debt for years. Like I can remember going to college and getting that credit card as soon as I stepped on campus for whatever reason, got a credit card and was charging it up and was having a hard time paying it off. So even years ago, I won't date myself too bad. I went in a bookstore and picked up a book about getting out of debt or getting your money straight. And the actual name of the book was Girl, Get Your Money Straight. <laughs> so it was a really catchy title. Um, and that was the, per- the first personal finance book I read by Glenda Bridgeforth. And I still have it on my bookcase. My dad actually bought it for me. Little did he know that I was probably in credit card debt, of course, at 18. But um, that started my love of personal finance, just trying to manage my money better. Because like most people, I wasn't taught about it at home a whole lot, um, except I was taught always to pay my bills, but not about the saving part or investing or credit or anything like that. So once I got a credit card, I had to figure out like, well, how do I pay this thing off? Because I wasn't making enough money. I didn't know anything about budgeting. So that's how my interest in personal finance started. Um, but I actually started documenting my journey. Um, I think I started my blog last year. And um, even before that, I've always been very talkative about it if somebody want to talk about money. But I saw other people on Instagram primarily talking about their personal finances, talking about getting out of debt. And I just was like, well, I can get out of debt too. And I thought it would be a good platform just to share my story with other people. So hopefully they can relate to me and realize that they can get out of debt also. But the difference is I look at sugar and money more as not just getting out of debt, but also enjoying life along the way. That's why my blog is sugar and money, you know, enjoying the sweet life, as I call it, while also having sweet finances. So enjoying life along the way as you get out of debt and not just being very gazelle intense and not enjoying life at all while you get out of debt. Because for some, it takes some years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it takes a long time to, for most people, I think, to to hit some of their major financial goals. Um, and I do. I, I actually, I really love that. And I'm glad that you you mentioned that, the whole, the sugar part of it. And it does, because I met, I met somebody years back. This is like 2015. And it was like my first time going to like a, a black women's conference. And I was there and I had never done that before. I was super new to entrepreneurship. And one of the girls there had done like she had just killed her student loans like I'm talking 120 like some some stupid big number and I heard about like how she did it and she like was eating you know beans and like every day and her and her husband like eloped or something did nothing and it was just to me I was like girl I just don't want to pay my loans back that bad where I'm going to give up my life. And I was just telling my mom this. She was like, oh yeah, you know, on the news, there was some girl who, you know, and you hear about these stories on the news, how people paid back all this money in it most of the time. And then she tells me, right? My mom tells me, oh yeah, she was biking to work every day. She like, she was living at home for like a stupid long amount of time. She um, like didn't buy any clothes. Like she, <laughs> the stuff that people do to hit these goals to me is just not always in alignment with my values and with what, how I want to live my life and no shade to anybody else, right? You want to take the, um, take the bus versus driving, or you want to walk or, you know, take your bike versus driving. Kudos to you. You know, I salute you. I'm proud of you. That's so cool. I just, 
I would prefer much more to have the sweet life along this, you know, financial journey. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because for me, it was, I just, I just can't commit to that, you know? (laughs) And you know, for me, I have a little girl, so she's three years old. So it's really hard for me to also, to me, to just put her in that situation of us not doing anything. You know, these years are just so precious to me with taking her places and doing things with her that of course cost money. So I I wouldn't feel like I want to eliminate all her fun things for me to pay off my debt. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. So you started blogging about it about a year or so ago, but you were always interested. So would you say that that book is what really helped put you on this journey or was it the book and plus like something, you know, crazy happening or realization or an epiphany? Was it the book or was it something else? Well, the book definitely helped. Um, and then other books too. And I can talk about those, but what really helped for me was that, um, I realized how much of my paycheck was going toward debt. You know, like if I was paying out $200 a a month or $500 a month, or even up to $800 a month in debt, you know, when I look at car note, that was 380 a month, uh, payments on my credit cards, that's a couple hundred dollars. And my minimum payment on my student loan at one point was over $300. So I could easily be sending out $800 a month in debt payments. And I'm just like, once I pay this debt off, that will be money that I can keep in my pocket. So slowly but surely, as I paid off debt, the credit cards first, I had $20,000 in debt and credit cards. Once I paid that off, I could see that money, you know, in my account. But of course, then I went to paying my car off. And then once I paid my car off, then I could really see that 380 a month. I easily saw that sitting in my account because I wasn't sending it to my car note anymore. And then from there, I went to putting it on my student loan. Of course, I'm still paying on those. I have about 35,000 left. But once I pay those off, all those large payments, some months I pay $1,200 on my student loans, that will be $1,200 I can keep in my pocket. That's, or, you know, not just sit in the savings account, but add that to my investing account. Uh, put that in Lawrence 529. I can stop paying on past mistakes and start paying more toward my future self or Lawrence's future self or our family. You know, that is what really motivated me when I saw that money just going to somebody else. You know, I get paid on Thursday and by Friday, it's all out the door to somebody else with nothing really to show for it, except I paid on debt. Mm. So that was really the pivotal moment, just realizing that once this is paid off, I can keep more money. You know, I can keep more of my paycheck. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you mentioned paying for past mistakes. When you look at, you know, 17-year-old you, 18-year-old you, um, what would you tell somebody who's either starting their personal finance journey or who's maybe even looking to borrow and get a credit card for the first time? Like, what would you have done differently or what do you recommend to somebody kind of in the beginning of their financial journey? I would have, um, and I would say, you know, not to be a minimalist, but actually buy what you actually need, not just have like a surplus of things and not just get caught up in consuming, you know, everything. Like I need, you know, 10 or 20 pairs of jeans. You know, you only have seven days in a week. Even if you wear jeans every day, you're not going to get through everything that you have. But, you know, really taking account for what you have and what you actually need and only only buying that versus just being excessive in your spending because that money can go someplace else. It's just depreciating in your closet. If you try to sell it, you're not going to get out of it what you paid for it versus you using that money for something better. So I, cause I know if I look back, I spent a lot of money on clothes and when I got rid of it, I'm like donating it. Cause either I outgrew it, it's out of, you know, out of style. I'm not getting anywhere near what I paid for it. Um, and also clothes, um, food, food budgets is where a lot of money goes. So I would definitely say, you know, watch that food budget, maybe not beans and rice, 
But, you know, just a, a healthy food budget, but not anything extravagant or going out to brunch all the time or going out to eat all the time. Um, if so, have a budget for it and stick to that versus just spending without really taking account for it. You know, actually realize what you're spending when you're going out to eat and how it can add up. Yeah, and there's a lot of trackers and stuff out there now as far as like even within your own bank. One thing that I, I guess I didn't realize and maybe that wasn't offered when I first started was, um, or it was offered, there were different things. I think there were, there are always tools out there. It's just a matter of whether you're really looking for them or you're privy to them, or you know, somebody who is, you know, who can tell you about them. But typically your bank, whoever you bank with and where you get your direct deposits, they have tools that you can use to sort of track your spending. And if they don't, there's tools like Mint or whatever is, I guess in in lieu of Mint now, I don't know if Mint is still the hot thing that people would use, but Mint.com for me when I was younger, starting out um, with my financial journey was something that I, I used to to track. It was super interesting to me and it at least gave me that awareness um, of where my money was going. Because before I was like, yeah, whatever, I have money. I just spend it. It's fine. And you don't really watch where stuff is going and how things are coming in and out. And yeah, I would agree that the awareness is is huge. Um, because you don't realize how much money you're spending when it comes to turning up Starbucks and coffee, <laughs> um, even like birthdays and holidays and presents and stuff. Like you just don't, I have a bunch of sisters and my family's quite large. So, you know, we like to ball out during the holidays, especially if we have it. So, but you don't realize sometimes how much you're actually spending until afterwards. So when it comes to budgeting, I know you mentioned kind of creating some trackers and whatnot. Um, what are some tips you can give people who are starting out and they're maybe they're not like people say they budget, but I feel like most people aren't really budgeting. So can you speak to that a little bit? I would say for me, I'm very goal oriented. So first start out with a goal. Like, why are you even creating this budget? Are you creating it because you feel you have some money leaks that, you know, you know, a lot of women, we now make more money and we like tend to spend more money. So it's like, are you wanting a budget to really come up with, let me see where my money is actually going at because I can't see where it's going. So have that budget to start tracking your goals, you know, tracking your spending, excuse me, or either say, okay, now I, I do need to pay these credit cards off. You know, I've had them for too long or I really do need to pay these student loans off. So have a goal for that budget and then, you know, know your numbers, like even as simple as down, like what is your actual income? Not estimating how much you bring home, but actually look at your pay stub and realize how much do you actually bring home and then track your expenses. You know, look at what you're actually paying for your light bill, your cell phone bill, your water bill, you know, and just really go down the line. And then from there, you can factor in those variable costs of grocery and shopping and, and things like that. And then look at where you can cut. You know, that's always what I say. Like, okay, once you have your numbers and you see what you may have left over after taking care of all your necessities and all your bills and everything, you know, where can you cut so you can meet those goals? You know, can you cut out some subscriptions? Um, can you cut back on shopping? Can you cut back on your grocery bill? You know, and then after that, you have to actually do it <laughs> because we can write a budget all day long, but if we don't actually follow it, then it's not going to matter. Like I can make a plan like to go to the gym, but if I don't actually show up to the gym, I'm not going to get the transformation that I would if I was to actually go to the gym. So with the budget, I would look at it the same with working out. You would have to actually do the work after you put the budget together. You do. And I think sometimes it takes accountability and somebody to sort of help you and, and motivate you. So I guess too, for me, I think when you look at credit card debt and when you look at student loans, it's, 
it's hard because it's not exciting and it's not, it, you don't really see it. I mean, you see it when you look at your bank statements, you see it when you look at your balance, but what can people do to get excited about paying back some of these things? Because I do think there are plenty of us out here who have spent money, like you said, on clothes and on like random things or on things they didn't really need or on things that completely devalued um, immediately after, you know, purchasing them. And we forget about that, right? Years later, when we still have that balance on our credit card, we forget about that. So how can you get excited? Um, Or what are some tactics that you would recommend to somebody who's trying to get excited about paying this when in the back of their minds, they're like, do I really need to pay? I mean, I know I need to, but like, I also really want to go on this trip. And I also really want to go on this like vacation cruise. And I want to buy this concert ticket. And I want to do this. And Beyonce is coming to town. Like, how do you stay focused and get, and get excited about paying people back who you really, you know, you mean you've already forgotten what you've purchased. I know. Yeah. It's really not exciting paying off debt. Um, I would say definitely you can do both uh, and look at it as once I pay this debt off, I will be able to have more money for that trip to see Beyonce or go on a, go to the concert or whatever it is. But even in the interim, once you're paying, once you start paying off your debt, nobody's saying that you can't start saving for that trip. So, you know, just kind of have a, a balance there. Like maybe I'm going to pay $100 toward debt and I'm going to start saving $100 to where we know Beyonce going to pop up with a concert. Or I know my girls want to go on a girl's trip next year because we always go. So you can do both. Just have a, a, a account, like a sinking fund, like a side savings account, save for the trip or the concert. But then at the same time, pay off your debt because once you pay that debt off, you are going to be giving yourself a raise. Like you're going to honestly be giving yourself a pay raise because the money, even if it is a $25 minimum payment to a couple of credit cards, once it's paid off, that's going to be more money coming into your account and staying there. So think about it as like a a personal raise or have like a larger why, you know, of, of maybe you want to take a sabbatical from work. And once I eliminate this debt, I'll have less bills that I have to pay so I can afford this sabbatical from work. Yeah. And I like the idea of, of the waterfall of it too. So my mom is actually really good at Excel spreadsheets. And one of the things that she's been doing is she likes to organize, you know, just like you said, right, how her bills are because student loans changed um, from when she was in school and when I was in school and then my youngest sister, who's 12 years younger than me, she's actually in college now. And so the schools changed and the, and the money changed within like the, you know, financing portions of stuff. And it was just different. So my mom was able to get a lot of, you know, government subsidized loans or whatever they're called, the the federal loans. She was able to get different loans than I was eligible for because of, you know, when she was going to school, she her income wasn't as high as it was when I was going into school. And so she got a ton of like, you know, not a ton, but she definitely got more than I did. And so I paid more, right? My student loans were more expensive. So for me, I, I think it's important to look kind of like how she's looking. So she's got a ton of different like student types of student loans. She's got hers. And then she's got the ones, the parent ones that you had to, at one point, one of my sisters, that was a thing. And so she's got that loan where she's like co-paying or something, but she has staggered her, her stuff. So that just like you said um, in the beginning, when you start paying down that one and that's done, you can move on to the next and then you can move on to the next. And then eventually, you know, you don't, um, you don't have it. It's, It's more for you and you don't have that burden. Because even if you pretend like it's not in the room or that you don't have the debt, you still have the debt. And I think a lot of us think that ignorance is bliss because a lot of times it feels like it. 
I still feel like there's something to be said about not having that elephant in the room. There's something really powerful about that. And when you can remove those elephants out the room one by one, it makes it so that you've got more room to do whatever you want and have that sweet life and kind of go and come and do as you please. Yes. And, and when you said waterfall, that technique is called a snowball where you just like kind of snowball your payments. You start out with like a smaller payment, but as you pay off debt, that payment is going to get larger, like a snowball. And before you know it, you will be paying, you know, a lot of money towards your debt and it's going to get paid off faster. But, you know, it really just takes a level of discipline because it is going to be hard. The more you start paying toward debt, you know, like a $25 minimum payment, that's pretty easy maybe for most people. But when you get to where you may be paying $250 or $1,000 a month, and you don't have to pay that amount, you just really have to be disciplined, knowing that you want to get out of debt, and maybe have that larger why of, of why you want to get out of debt. So like for me, one of my big whys is, you know, so I can then fund my daughter's college education, so she wouldn't be burdened down with student loans, you know, or somebody else's goal could be to have a nice down payment, you know, to buy their house, or to pay their house off early. So I think it really just comes down to discipline and that larger why of why you want to get out of debt. Yeah, we all have different whys. So I think, you know, like you said, getting in touch with that, just like we all have different whys for going to the gym, for eating properly, you know, for finding stuff that really feeds us um, emotionally and, and intrinsically. Like we need, we all have different interests, but I still think that there's something to be said about not having that burden. So if you can work towards that and figure out what works for you, there's a million different processes and there's a million different ways to look at it. And there's also different ways to budget and to prioritize your stuff. Um, and I think it's, it does come down to what matters most. So what are some of your favorite things to talk about? Like some of your favorite posts that you've, you've kind of published on your sugarandmoney.com blog so far? Well, one of my first favorite ones was just this post about um, giving yourself permission. I read this book. I want to say it was Big Magic by, uh, is it Elizabeth Gilbert? Um, and one section of that book was called uh, Permission. And it just talked about, you know, a lot of times we wait around for permission to do, do certain things. But from that, I looked at it as with money. And one part she talked about was that as long as I am making my own money and I am not hurting anybody and I'm taking care of myself, I can do what I want to do with my money. And I agreed so much with that because a lot of people will, you know, maybe guilt you into not wanting to pay your debt off. You know, they'll say things like, you're going to have debt until you die, or you're going to have bills until you die. And, you know, that kind of mindset is what may stop people from getting off, getting out of debt, or maybe even sharing their story. Because like how you talked about having an accountability partner, it could be harder to find an accountability partner with changing your finances when you have so many people, you know, going against what you're wanting to do. So I always like to say, like, you have permission. And that was that whole thing about that blog post was just giving women, that's mainly who my readers are, permission to take charge of their finances, you know, to create that budget, to get out of debt, to start saving money, like saving money consistently, saving large sum of money, because that is when we can have the freedom to do the things we want to do when we have our own money. Because I read one time that some women sometimes stay in relationships because they don't have the money to, to possibly leave. And that's really bad when you think about it. Like if you want to leave, maybe even a job, but if you're living check to check, maybe you can't go out and do what you want to do because you just don't have the money to do that. But if you were saving money versus spending it all, 
um, then you can have the choices to do what you want to do. So that would be the number one blog post that I like. And that's probably my most favorite one about permission. And then my second one, which is one I just wrote was uh, my mid-year check-in. I like kind of check myself and see how I was doing with paying off my debt this year. And that got a lot of good um, comments and, and questions about it. Cause I talked about how much I've saved this year, um, how my debt payoff is going, investments, and I also talked about my credit some um, because I don't look at my credit score a whole lot because it's actually, you know, pretty decent. It's at a 770, but I really want to get it up to 800. So I was like, I'm going to challenge myself to see what I can do to get my credit to 800. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, those are two fantastic posts. And if you guys have not read the book, Big Magic, um, what's what it's called, right? It's called I believe Big- it is Big Magic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a great book. I actually read it semi-recently. I think that's the book that she read. It's got like the the purple and blue, like glitter, whatever cover. And she, I think she was predominantly talking to writers. Um, she referenced writing a lot in that book, but it was for everybody. And there's a lot of great little life lessons in there that are huge and that can relate to everybody at a different different places and different, you know, fields and industries and stuff like that. So I really recommend the book. It doesn't take long to read and it's a great sort of bedside book, but the permission chapter was a very powerful chapter for me as well, because I felt like, you know, she, she, she talks about that in the book. She's like, if you need permission, I'll give you permission right now. You know, dear reader, blah, 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 blah. I give you permission mm-hmm. to do whatever the hell you want to do with whatever the heck you want. Like she says that in the book and it's really powerful to, to make sure that we feel that we are in control to a degree because it's our lives. And I absolutely agree with the freedom piece because you need to be able to save. I will tell you this, this is super random, but last year I, I saved sure over the years, right? Working but I had never really saved, like not large sums of money. And when I set up an auto save thing, so every single time my direct deposit hit my account, I was sending like a stupid amount, like $700 into savings, just savings on top of like manually doing it like I was, because I was manually transferring money, but it wasn't that much. It was like, I don't know, 300 bucks, something, something, something each paycheck, which isn't a lot. So, or at least not in retrospect, right. To how much I was making. So when I started doing that auto, I turned around one day, I looked at my savings. I was like, oh my God, I had no idea. I had saved like how quickly you can save when you're not even looking, like when it's auto done. And, and that's one of the things I've learned a lot from these like finance books is they say to put things on auto because a lot of times you don't, you don't feel it. If your check is $2,500 and you automatically have 500 going into savings and you just get 2000, you're really only thinking about the 2000. You're not really thinking about the 5,500 because it's gone. It's not, it's not part of the 2000 that you see. And so that's the 2000 that you're working with. And that's the 2000 that you're focused on. And over time you continue to build $500 every paycheck, two paychecks, you know what I mean? Over the course of even six months, that's a nice amount of money. And just getting in the rhythm of automatically doing it so that I wasn't involved really made a difference for me. So I think there are some things that you can automate and there are some things that you should manually do. But um, for me, that was really, really helpful. So are there any like random things that you kind of stumbled upon or any tips that you would give people that they can just start implementing today? Um, yeah, sure. I would definitely say, um, like I said earlier, like really know your numbers, like almost create your own net worth statement. Like that can be very powerful. Like look at what you actually 
own? Like, you know, what do you actually have? Like how much you have in your checking account? How much you have in your savings account? How much you have in your investment account? And, you know, compare and maybe even though the value of your home and the value of your car, but then compare that against, you know, like what are your debts? You know, what is and your credit card debt, your student loan debt, your car loan debt, you know, anything like that and really see what is your bottom line. And that would be motivating to see whether you're in the red, like you have a negative net worth or whether you're in the black, you have a positive net worth. And then from there, decide where you really want to go. Like I always say, I read a quote one time, um, nothing happens until you decide. Like you have to decide that where you're at financially is not where you want to stay. And I think most people, even if they are doing well off, there's not too many people that don't want to be doing better, you know, whether that's for themselves or maybe even to help somebody else. Because once you are doing really well, that's when you can give to charities. That's when you can help other people out that, that may need help. So I would have to say, definitely start with creating that net worth, your personal net worth statement, seeing where you're at and then deciding what you want to do from there. You know, what do you need to do? Do you need to pay things off? Do you want to save more money? And, you know, really just create like a list of goals of things that you want to achieve. They don't have to all be financially, but a lot of things you will need money for those goals. But like, you know, whether it's that dream trip, whether it's buying another house, um, whether it's financing your kid's college to where they don't have to go into debt for it. Um, and just creating those big goals um, so you can kind of get that map of what you want to do and start taking action toward it. Because I feel that by doing that, you'll realize that spending money all the time at maybe Target on stuff you don't need isn't as important as those larger goals that you have for yourself. Whether that's a big trip, you know, just cutting back on certain things can allow you to really create your own sweet life and have your finances the way you want them to be. So definitely the first tip would be creating that net worth statement and seeing where you're at. Because for me, that's another thing that I did. Like I added up all my debt and I had like a hundred thousand in debt. And I was like, that is a large amount of debt. And I knew I had to get out of debt. So it's like, you know, sometimes if it's only five or 10,000, you may not feel as that bad. But when I saw six figures of debt, I was like, oh no, this has to go. So I think we all have that moment of just being like fed up, you know, like this is not where I want to be at. Now I do want to address the fact that when you talk about knowing your numbers, I think just like in health, right, it can be very scary. Um, and I realize knowledge is power, but I also realize there's a lot of people who are afraid to actually do the searching to figure out how much they really owe, what their interest rates really are, what their credit score really looks like right now. I think a lot of people, and I've, I've done this, I've done this in the past, um, and I've done it in weird ways. Like just, just you just don't even think about it. Um, we don't pay attention because we're afraid of what that number is going to look like. So what do you say to somebody who's like, mm, <laughs> I don't know if I want to know my numbers because <laughs> then, you know, the truth might slap me a little too hard and I don't want to get knocked out. I think a lot of people are scared. Um, it's just, it can be very daunting. And, and like I said, knowledge can be power, but sometimes it's really scary to take a look at that. I definitely agree, but you might be surprised. Maybe your numbers won't be as bad as you think they are. Like you really won't know until you actually do it. And you can run your credit report for free through www.annualcreditreport.com. You can get that free. Um, you won't get your score. You have to pay for that if you do it that way, but that will give you a list of all your open accounts. And that's something that we should all look at at least once a year because you may have, you know, wrong information on there that you need to dispute, which could in turn boost your credit score. Um, and then also for your interest rates, just log into your accounts um, 
maybe do one account a day, kind of take it easy if you don't want to just get overwhelmed with, you know, all your finances at one time. And that's the way that you're going to really know your numbers. Because if you were like overcharged at a store, you would definitely point that out. So it could be some errors out there that you need to address. And if not, it's the only way you're going to know how to go for it. Like you, no one else is going to bail you out of your finances, but yourself. So at some point we have to just do it. Almost like the slogan. <laughs> That's true. That's or get true. you, get your friend maybe. Like maybe y'all can get together and do it at the house over a glass of wine, like almost like a little money date. Or if you have a spouse, then I would definitely say do it with your spouse. Or if you're in a serious relationship with somebody, that would be something good to talk about because you want to know about finances before you go to the next level. Um, if not, call up a girlfriend. I'm sure it's another friend that you have that may also want to comb over her finances. And y'all do it together over a glass of wine and, I don't know, cheese and whatever at your house. And just make it kind of fun. Um, and that can be your accountability partner. Hmm. No, I, and I also like the idea of, of looking at one thing at a time. I think there's there's power in taking it one step at a time too. Like just starting out, maybe you just have one credit card or you just deal with your student loans for a bit and just start to understand how many different you know loans you have in different interest rates or whatever and just look. I think it's good just to look and to get that information. Um, and you're right, you're right. You're absolutely right about you could be surprised in a good way. You could realize that you have a little bit less than you thought. I know my memory is kind of weird, especially with the numbers. And so sometimes I think there's a number in my head or, you know, that's, that's but it's not true. So I really recommend um, checking that out as well. Just one thing at a time. So, okay. So let's switch over to um, budgeting for the holidays or for a major life event. So what do you recommend? Let's just use the holidays for an example, since that's kind of happening here. But I know somebody on, on here listening is either recently engaged or maybe got a new job or, is going back to school or thinking about taking some, you know, certification program. What do you recommend for people who are trying to budget um, for something exciting in the future? Well, you want to definitely look at first, you know, how much time you have until that event occurs and also how much it's going to cost. So like long, you know, just to make something really easy, if it's $12,000, I would say, and you have a year, then, you know, easy math would be, well, you need to save, thousand dollars a month. If you cannot save a thousand dollars a month, then maybe you need to make more money or you need to reduce expenses. Because I always say you can only cut back so much. You know, there's only so much we can do to lower bills, um, to eat rice and beans if that's the route you want to go. At some point you maybe you're gonna need to make more money or that's also another way to reach your goals faster. So that could be selling things around your house, you know, going harder on your side hustle, picking up um additional shifts on your job or picking up another side hustle. Um, might've said that twice. So you could do those things to get to your goal within that time frame. but you need to know what the actual number is that you're trying to hit. So you have a target in front of you and the time frame. And then once you have that, I would always say, open up a additional bank account, not at your main bank account. So I'm mean, at your bank, main bank. So like capital one or ally bank, they have like higher interest rate accounts and you can just have that money going over there you know, bi-weekly, weekly, monthly, or whatever, you know, out of sight, out of mind, not connected to your main bank. So you just sit and let it stack over there. And that's like I did when we were planning to have our daughter and I knew we were going to have a large bill and I was going to be out of work for 12 weeks. We just saved that money leading up. In that case, we had nine months and just saved up what we could to help offset that cost of me being out of work and those medical bills. So for that, it would be considered a sinking fund is the short term for it. Create a separate bank account for it. 
Hmm. I love that. Um, and I think too, you know, focusing on the positives and, you know, making it fun can also pertain to this as well. Um, I think it really does help to get excited. I know, for instance, like with the holidays, thinking about buying stuff for my siblings or for my parents and figuring out what am I going to buy and then figuring out, okay, cool, what's that number going to be? And then going back to the things that I'm going to get them. And then when I, when it actually starts to get time, you know, and I've had that money saved over the course of however many weeks or however many months or however many paychecks, now I can get excited, even more excited about purchasing this, you know, this gift or that gift or ordering X, Y, and Z because I've planned. I will say there's so much power in planning and I realize not everybody is a planner. Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not, I'm mostly not. Um, but there's something to be said. Again, it goes back to that freedom piece that you have the freedom. Now you've, you've saved the money and now you know you're not really constrained as much. If you're just winging it, and you're like, oh, sure, sure. Yeah, the holidays. Yeah, mm-hmm, I'll get to it. And then next thing you know, it's Black Friday and you've got $0.0 allocated for, for gifts. Now you're SOL and you've got to figure it out. And that's way more stressful than I think being intentional and looking at your budget and your numbers prior, like months prior to the holidays so that when the holidays does, you can be like, okay, look, all right. So I'm going to get this. Oh, and you know what? I have a little bit extra because I got that one thing on sale. So now I'm going to get you an extra gift and you a gift. And you know what I mean? Like you have more flexibility, I think, and you have more power and you have more freedom when you actually take the time to plan and to be intentional. And with that too, I'll say you will be giving really a cheerful giver, as they say, because you won't be going into debt behind giving these gifts. Like you're able to pay with it with cash or your debit card. You have the money and it's not like to where it's like painful for you to give or you have this bill that's going to be due in January. Um, and if you don't pay it in full, then it's calculating, you know, 18% or 20% interest, whatever that could be. And that doesn't make for a good new year, you know, paying off those gifts for Christmas. Um, I would say that you're already going to be one step ahead because you can look at what you bought last year. And that's what I would do. Look at who you bought for last year, maybe what you spent last year and kind of use that as a beginner budget of, you know, how much money I need to have for this Christmas. Or is there anybody I need to add on to that list? Or is there anybody I need to remove from that list? And, you know, start shopping around now because there there are things that's going to be on sale now as this summer season is ending, depending on what you want to buy them. You never know. You might can catch something on sale and save some money. That's true. And that you're right about too, adding people in because people come into your life, right? You're, my, my sisters have spouses, some of them and um, boyfriends and you know, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta shift the buying a little bit. And so that's, it's definitely important. Um, so I did want to talk a little bit more about what you consider this sweet life. Like what are some of the things that um, you really like to indulge, whether it's for you or your daughter or your family in general, like what are some of the things you really enjoy being able to do financially? Well, for me and my daughter, I like to be able to take her places. Like, so this past weekend we went to Atlanta um, and we stayed one night um, away for something for my friend, but just to take her to a hotel, like to her, that's so exciting. And to take her to the pool, like she loves that. So those little mini trips or this Saturday, we're going to finally make it to the beach before the summer is over. So I know she's going to enjoy that. So those little trips for her, for me and her are very special because, you know, toys, she played with them for a little while and then she throw them aside. But those trips, she like, you know, enjoys that full day and, you know, you get pictures and memories. So I like to just take her to have different experiences. 
Um, also last year when I went to FinCon, which is a financial conference, it was in Orlando and my husband and my daughter were able to drive down at the end of the conference and we took her to Disney World for one day. So even though it was only one day, um, it was just really just a good trip with her. So for her, I would really say creating those memories. Um, for myself, I don't shop a whole lot. And I even talked to one of my friends like, you know, what is my thing? What do I really like for myself? I am a planner. Like, even though you say you're not a big planner, like I love planners I, and I, my planner is kind of expensive. Some people probably wouldn't buy it, but, um, I love planners. I love decorating my planner and like just really making plans. Um, otherwise small trips, like even when we went to summit 21, that was like a treat for me because that, that was my time away from my family some, but it also time for me to, um, pour into myself, recharge, but also educate myself on entrepreneurship, meet other people. Um, same with FinCon. So I'll be going to that in a few weeks. So like those trips like that, where it serves a dual purpose of like a little bit of rest and relaxation, but also that self-investment or that self-improvement. That's really what I like because I know that's going to help me in the future. True. Yeah. And I, I agree. Vacations. I mean, as a kid, you remember that. I mean, as adults, we do too, but it's really nice to have some off time, some time away, sometimes in a different place. I mean, yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, I love that. Um, so before we, before we get to closing out, I do want to ask you about just a little bit more about your knowledge in general. So, you know, there's a lot of people out here, different blogs, whatever. What would you say is different about what you're doing, about your blog, what makes your blog different? And what would you say people do when they have that question and they're like, oh, what would that question be? When someone's like, okay, I'm at this point. What point is that where people are like, okay, cool. They need to go to your blog. I think for me, what makes my blog different and even my Instagram is that I'm always a proponent of doing both. Like even when we talked about earlier, you can save money for that dream trip, but also pay off debt. I'm the type of person that I'm able to save money, pay off debt. I invest in my 401k and I also still take, you know, trips sometimes. So I'm a person that kind of, I'm a Libra. So a Libra, you know, believe in balance and things. Like I like to have a balance. Um, so that's where the whole sweet life and sweet finances come in, but also just being a blogger, that's just not one way. Like I don't believe in being just, you know, straight on getting out of debt or straight YOLO because, you know, I also think about the future. So for me, I think that people come to my blog to get that inspiration of being able to do, uh, more than one thing with their finances and still enjoy their life along the way. Um, and then also a lot of inquiries that I get on Instagram could be just asking questions about, you know, paying off debt. And, you know, which one will I maybe pay off first or maybe if they should sell a car or sell a vehicle um, to get out of debt. So, no, you know, just sometimes people just want somebody to talk to, um, to talk about money with because you don't always have that in your day to day life. And it's always been a taboo about it. So I think for me, I've come off very approachable, which I am. Um, and they feel comfortable talking to me about their finances or just sometimes just the last person that I talked to and we had a call together, it was just clarity on. She felt she had messed up her finances because she got paid, but did not pay all her bills. And just like, kind of like just came to a standstill and, and just felt like since I've messed it up, I need to just go shopping. And I was like, no, that's not the answer. <laughs> You know, so let's like, let's just go through it all. So, you know, I'm a person that I believe I listen well and just kind of like talk through the steps of what we needed to do to just really get her back on track. And I think a lot of people just really want to, they just really want to get back on track. 
And that could, you know, just having somebody to talk to that's been through similar situations to kind of help them get on track. Okay. Okay. And I wanted to ask that question because I want people to be very clear um, what you offer, how you offer it, and why they should be interested. Um, I think, you know, finances, it's a hot topic. Um, it's, a, it's a topic that's evergreen, right? We're always going to be talking about money, or at least we always should be, and uh, how to make sure that financially we're in, in good places. And like you said before about women being in relationships, you know, way too long or in job situations way too long, I really want to empower the women listening to make, you know, positive choices and to feel like they're supported. And part of having a network, right? We talk a lot about networking on the show is making sure you're connected to those folks so that when you do have a question, when you do need some help, you can, you can go to someone. A lot of times we don't have those people in our lives just naturally, right? We don't have a finance person. We don't have somebody who's really, you know, knowledgeable about health and wellness. We don't have someone who's really big into fitness, whatever. And so we have to supplement that um, in our lives. So I'm, I'm really glad that you, you clarified and you kind of reinforce a lot of what you've kind of said throughout so people can piece that together. Um, okay. So, the last thing that I want to talk about here is your email list and what's to come. So right now, as we're recording this, we're, we're doing this towards the end of summer. Um, but if you, if someone's listening to this, just maybe at the end of the year, or maybe at the start of 2020, they're going back and doing a throwback. Um, tell us a little bit about where you see yourself in your, in your business and your blog going over the next few months as we close out the year and start a new one. Well, as I close out the year, I'm definitely going to just hone in more on my financial coaching skills to just help more women, you know, get see that they have permission to take control of their finances, to, you know, create their own sweet life around their financial situation, um, whether that be saving money, you know, and my thing is, you know, getting in the habit of saving money, um, paying off your debt and going for those goals and being clear about your goals. Um, so just being a, a financial coach to help women define that and create that in their life. And then also I did do a savings challenge at the beginning of this year, which was January. It was a 48-week savings challenge where we were challenged with saving $1,275. And that challenge will be ending around the end of November because it was launching with the mindset around saving for Christmas. So, of course, going into 2020, I will definitely be launching another savings challenge um, to help women, you know, save money because we want to make it kind of fun. So the challenge made it fun with something you could print off and bubble it in or color it in. So that's been pretty fun to see people online. That's been completing the worksheets that I created. Um, and then also recently, like you kind of said with Christmas, I'll be putting out something um, for Christmas, but you can use that at any time. So whether that's saving for Christmas or another holiday it can always be used interchangeably. Sweet. Yeah. I love the savings challenge. I love a good challenge. I do. I'm a sucker for a good challenge. It could be for anything. I love the idea of getting together and doing stuff with other people for, you know, a positive outcome. Um, I think that's a little competition never hurt anybody. So um, awesome. So, okay. Tell us where we can find you on social media. I know you are at sugar and money on Instagram and that's sugar spelled normal A N D spelled normal, money spelled normal, right? <laughs> yes. And I'm also on Facebook at Sugar and Money blog. And I also have a small Facebook group that we're growing that community, which is called Sweet Friends of Sugar and Money. So I'm in there just trying to build that. So I would love for anybody to join. And then also, if you subscribe to my blog, you'll get emails from me um, just announcing anything that's new that's happening, um, any money tips that I've come up with, and also just different money articles that I want to share that I think that's worth reading. Perfect. Yeah. And all of that, obviously, guys, will be in the show notes per usual. 
Um, and then what I'll do too is if, you know, Jackie, if you have something that you want to promote, that you want to put out there, um, whatever, you know, please send it to me and I'll post it on my page. So people are constantly reminded to go over to you and make sure they're for, you know, prepping for the holidays and getting ready for the new year. Um, but I'm so glad that we had this talk. I found this super interesting and helpful and I love learning more about your story. So I'm glad that you were able to come on and hopefully people listening are inspired to financially start working towards a better, a better life, a better version of where they are right now. Um, and hopefully it empowers them to make some solid changes financially. So I'm excited. Me too. And yes, I'm always on Instagram. So if anybody got any questions, they can always DM me and I will respond. Sweet. Yeah. At sugar and money. All right, guys. And you guys know my Instagram handles, right? Whitney, Danielle coaching, and also network and spill. Be sure to make sure, be sure to make sure that you're following both accounts. Um, that way, you know, what's going on in the show. And I've been trying to post on both pretty regularly. It's super difficult managing two IG pages, but I'm trying. So feel free to follow both. So you can be in, in, um, in tune and, and in sync with everything that's going out. Also, just as an FYI here, Jackie and I are going to be doing a an Instagram live, a Q&A, so to speak. So if you have financial questions, if you have something that you want more information on, definitely make sure that you're tuned in. Um, we're going to go probably, obviously, like we normally do, a few days after this episode releases. So if you're watching this on Thursday or Friday, kudos to you. If you have any questions, think about them over the weekend. Maybe start doing some diving into your personal finances if you have that time. And, and come up with some questions. Think of something that you want to ask or that you want more information on. Maybe it's, it could be anything. It could be a bank. It could be a credit card company, like whatever. Um, obviously, we kind of want you to get out of debt, right, versus getting a new credit card. But if you don't have any credit, then maybe that's something, right, that you bring to the, the table to ask. So come prepared with any questions, um, any information. Check out some of her posts on her blog, sugarandmoney.com, so that you're, you know, prepared to answer some. Check out that book, Big Big Magic, or any of the other books mentioned. Um, they are in the show notes if you need more information on that. But yeah, we're going to go live soon. And if you're watching this way past that, obviously feel free to DM either of us at any time with any questions. So thank you again, Jackie, for coming on. I appreciate you. I appreciate you for having me. Thank you so much, Whitney. Yeah. All right, guys. We will be back next week with a new episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to share with your friends, subscribe on Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to shows, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.